Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1073 of the Juicebox podcast. Anne-Marie and her husband have two children. Her son is three and was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at 13 months old. Today, we're going to talk about a number of things, including anxiety, traveling, being married, having type 1 diabetes, and a lot more. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Drinkag1.com slash juicebox is where you go to get five free travel packs and a year supply of vitamin D with your first order. But at cozyearth.com, Using the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout will save you 40% off of your entire order. Maybe you could do both. Don't miss the private Facebook group. Absolutely free, 43,000 members strong, Juicebox podcast, type 1 diabetes. There's a conversation happening right now that you would enjoy. And if you're using Apple Podcasts and have recently updated to iOS 17, Please go into the settings for the show in your podcast app and change automatic downloads to download all episodes. The recent update may have changed it. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems. It's also sponsored by the Omnipod 5 and Omnipod Dash. Now, here's the thing. You go to Dexcom dot com slash juice box or omnipod.com slash juice box or both. And when you do that, here's what you're going to get. Dexcom, you're going to see the continuous glucose monitor that my daughter wears. You are not going to go wrong having data from Dexcom. Dexcom.com slash juice box. Now at omnipod.com slash juice box, you're going to see the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod 5. Again, that's the insulin pump my daughter wears, Omnipod. You could too. Check it out. Check them both out. Learn more. Get started today. Get more information. Support the podcast. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Dexcom, Omnipod, and all of the sponsors. You sound <laughs> terrific. All right. Great. Uh, you hear me in your ears, correct? I do. Excellent. Yes. Good, 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 good. Let me just erase the... The notes from yesterday, hold on a second, Madeline, seven months, book club, 52, what does that say? How do I read this even while I'm doing this? I coughed in a minute and eight seconds. I don't, I'm not even going to go, fi- not even fixing that. I don't even know. I There are people who make their podcast that way. They have a, a log in front of them. Mm, if okay. they hear a note, they mark down the time. And I'm like, how are you having a conversation if you're busy being a stenographer for the podcast? So when I go back and uh, sometimes like though, I just like I cough like crazy and I'm like, oh, God, I'll write that down. And then in my heart, I think I'll go take that out right now so I don't forget. And then I've never I don't think I've ever once actually done it. So uh, anyway, uh, questions, concerns, thoughts before we start? Yeah, I guess um, like I just want to be able to give a good interview like I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of notes like down on like my uh, notebook, but I know that 
when, you know, I've listened to so many episodes of the podcast and it's like, you know, I haven't even like looked at my notes. So I'm hoping that it's natural. Well, here's what I can tell you. I think I've recorded almost a thousand times now. Uh, I've never prepared once and I've never (laughs) finished an episode and thought that was garbage. I can't use that. So, (laughs) and most of the people I interview have never been on a podcast before. Yeah. You're going to be never fine. been. Yeah, my, my my brother he runs his own. Um, it's a uh, uh, like a European based uh, video game. Like he has his little niche with uh, these people over in Scotland and Ireland, <laughs> and so uh, uh, he he knows all all about it. But I I personally am am very new. Your brother has a Scotland slash Ireland video game podcast. Yeah, it's Amigos, oh. like A-M-I-G-O-S. Hold on a second. Is it, is it a picture of three guys on the cover? It's uh, two guys. They're like a like pixelated image. All right, hold on. Well, that's not the... I'm finding it now. Plus, yeah, you said Amigos you're retro, Amigos retro oh, game. I have it. I have it. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Good for him. Yeah, I don't think they have sponsors yet. Or maybe they some episodes are sponsored. But I don't think he's relying on retiring with this. Not pulling it together for him quite as well. <laughs> let me. I'll tell you this. And is it okay if I record? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, it's hard, and it's sort of random because the the rough numbers are. Uh, the media likes to tell you there's like four million podcasts. There's not really. There's like registered podcasts, almost like saying, you you remember when it used to be very popular for uh, people to park on a website because they thought eventually like someone famous will want this link and they'll have to buy it from. And they they call it parking. You kind of park on the website. So you own it, the link, but you never do it. You never do anything with it. That happens Mm -hmm. a lot with podcasts. People have like podcast ideas and then they don't actually make a podcast, but they register it. And um, so there's not really 4 million podcasts. The, The truth is there's, Probably not even a million of them. Um, okay. And uh, 80, I'm going to get these numbers slightly wrong. 86% of all active podcasts get 140 downloads per episode in total. So like their best episodes get 140 downloads. Okay. And then there's like the next four six percent of them so up to like maybe 92 percent that only get like a thousand downloads and and it's not until you get into the 95th percentile where where podcasts are really valuable to advertisers i guess Mm -hmm. right and then i'm in about the 96th percentile Mm -hmm. and then the 98th and 99th and 100th make me look like i don't have a podcast so, yeah, it's very interesting. And there's not many of them, by the way, up at that mm-hmm. kind of rarefied air where they're getting thirty and 40,000 downloads per episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I do pretty well. But Yeah, to, to you're s- awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Amory, I am awesome. But that's not why we're here. <laughs> um, it, it's My point was is that if you sat me down and told me to make another podcast and make it successful, I don't even know what I would do. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why this worked is my point. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I just remember going back. I think the you know, I started at the very beginning, like back when you were recording in 2015 and you know, now, you know, I'm like, you know, catching up to, you know, the 900th episode and 
you know, it's evolved. Like I can see how it's evolved over, you know, just oh, sure. like the past, you know, five, six years. Oh yeah. I'm definitely finding a, a stride at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in the last, the growth that the podcast is, is experienced is only about three and a half years old. Like it took me four years to get a million total downloads. Wow. And I was like, there was times it's like, Oh my God. Like I would set these very small goals. Mm-hmm. I'd come down to my wife and I'd be like, all right, now listen, <laughs> if I can get a thousand downloads today, like through the whole podcast, uh, that's going to be good. And she'd be like, okay, okay. And then I'd come down like a couple months later. I was like, if I could get 2000 downloads today, <laughs> I'm like, then we're going to, that some success will be there. And she's like, okay. And she's like, she, she tells the story. She's like, and then one day you were like, can I, if I got 5,000, if I got 10, if I got 15, if I got 20. And she's like, a day. And I'm like, right. And she's like, I'm sitting there remembering when you were like, I have 25 downloads today. I think if I get to 100. (laughs) And so um, it just is, it's very, a lot, there's a lot going on. It's timing. Like, there's no doubt. Like, I was first. That gives me an advantage, you know? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not scared to talk about things. I think that gives me an advantage. I don't talk yeah. like I'm trying to make sure nobody gets mad at me. I think that helps. As funny as it sounds, everybody who's busy making sure nobody's mad at them, all they're really busy doing is making kind of milk toast content that nobody really likes, but nobody will get upset about. Right. You know, so just sort of have to go for it and hope it works out. Anyway, good luck to your brother and Amigos Retro Gaming Network. Yes. By the way, number 194. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> 194 on the Great Britain list of video games. Congratulations. Up 11 places today. Yeah, my, my brother's first name is John. <laughs> John. Well, John's doing well. He's is uh yeah. he's charting in a few countries. He you know, your personalities, you know, sometimes when I listen to you talk, like you just you kind of remind me of him. <laughs> oh, is he a dick, <laughs> your not, brother? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> He uh, he he's not afraid to to get up and in, in front of people and talk. So, my daughter Arden has been wearing an Omnipod since she was four years old, and she is now nineteen. That is every day wearing an Omnipod for the last fifteen years. I think what we love most about Omnipod is that it doesn't have any tubing. But uh, I don't know. Is that the thing you love most about it? You don't have to take it off to swim or bathe. You can leave it on for activity and exercise. It's small. I don't, I mean, it's so easy to put on, right? To fill it and to put it on, it's just, it takes us no time at all. Um, Yeah, I guess it's hard to figure out what my favorite thing about Omnipod is. I guess I'll just say that my daughter loves it. It's easy and it's worked for her for so many years. It's just such a friend in all of this. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. You can check your coverage there for your insurance uh, or take a test drive, right? Would you like a free trial of the Omnipod? You can do that there as well. And you can just get started. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Now you have a decision to make. Do you want the Omnipod Dash, which is an insulin pump where you make all the decisions? Or do you want the Omnipod 5? Now the Omnipod 5 is the first and only tubeless automated insulin delivery system to integrate with the Dexcom G6. And it's available for people with type 1 diabetes ages 2 years and older. It features smart adjust technology, and it's going to help you to protect against highs and lows both day and night. That's an algorithm-based system, making decisions about insulin, giving it, and taking it away. It's pretty damn cool. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes. 
links at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you use those links, you're supporting the production of the podcast and helping to keep it free and plentiful. Now let's talk about the Dexcom G7. The Dexcom G7 is a small and wearable continuous glucose monitoring system. It sends real-time glucose readings to your Dexcom G7 app or the Dexcom receiver. Use my link, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to learn more and get started today. You will be able to effortlessly see your glucose levels and where they're headed. This way you'll be able to make better decisions about food, insulin, and activity. Once you're able to see the impact that those variables have on blood sugar, you'll begin to make more purposeful decisions and have better outcomes. My daughter has been wearing a Dexcom. My daughter has been wearing a Dexcom product for so many years, I don't even remember when she started. But today she wears the Dexcom G7 and it is small and easy and oh my goodness, are you going to love it? Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You can head there now and click on the button that will get you your free benefits check or just hit that other button that says get started. When you use my links, you're supporting the production of the podcast. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Yeah. I didn't inherit the same genes. <laughs> well, I know you're like, I'm, 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 I'm nervous, but my brother has a podcast. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I got a, um, a management company is sniffing around me a little bit. I'm not sure if it's going to go anywhere or not. And uh, mm-hmm. they said, what would you want help with? And I said, I would like to do more public speaking. Uh, but the kind I get paid for, not the kind where <laughs> that I usually do, where I'm like, <laughs> hi, I flew across the country and I spoke to a bunch of people. And they're like, thanks, here's a sandwich. I'm like, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're like, oh, what's the biggest room you ever spoke to? And I said, 600 people. And the guy goes, you spoke to 600 people? And I said, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, well, you're right for this then. I was like, okay. So, yeah, I don't know what does that. I've never, it's interesting. I've never felt shy about speaking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's probably a defect, don't you think? No. No? no. I don't know. Maybe, Not at all. <laughs> I need to learn. <laughs> all right. I'm in, a, I'm, in a, in a, I'm in a job that I could uh, definitely, uh, uh, you know, this is good practice. Oh, good, good. So when you said you started listening in, at 2015, did you mean you started at the beginning or you were listening in 2015? No, I started. Li- well, um, yeah. So my maybe we can just get into my son, Preston. He's three now. Um, he was diagnosed in December of 2020 at mm-hmm. 13 months old. So I started listening to the 2015 episodes back in, you know, early 2021. Oh, you're getting through it quickly. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Downloads. I mean, I jump, ar- I jump around a little bit, Whoa. but, you know, I try to, you know, <laughs> no, listen, su- listen, because, you know, it's, it's different, like having like such a little kid, you know, like I started out listening to more of the ones that, you know, had parents of younger kids and then, um, but then finding like really um, uh, interest in some of the older guests that have type one that, you know, can give me perspective as my child gets older. Yeah, it does really help um, listening to adults talk about like their life in in hindsight. I think it's really valuable. Actually, I just listened to an episode of the podcast today. I'm not even embarrassed to say it. I put one up and I was like, this episode is better than I think it is. I remember when I was editing it thinking, huh? And I went back and I listened to it today. Every once in a while, I have to check to make sure stuff sounds the way I expect it to and stuff. But I just kept listening because this lady was like, she was telling a story about her family that had so many different autoimmune issues And, you know, at the end, she said something was interesting. She said, 
you know, there's so many great episodes of the podcast where I learned something and, you know, they're not as chatty as people might think they are. Although I guess that's all I really did today. And it was really interesting to hear her think that she didn't leave something valuable, that she thought she was just chatting because I mm -hmm. thought her episode was kind of a roadmap of how to look for illnesses in your life and what to do and where you can kind of get waylaid and, and confused and where doctors can maybe ignore you into oblivion, those sorts of things. And she did all that. She doesn't even know it. And and so anyway, I, I appreciate yeah. you listening to a bunch of different yeah. stuff. So my father-in-law is also um, a type 1 diabetic. He was diagnosed later in life, though. He had adult onset. I think he was like 38 or 39. Mm -hmm. So that's been, um, you know, kind of interesting to see, you know, just like the advancement of technology um, because he's still on, you know, he's still doing MDI just in the last five years. He's on the Libra. So he doesn't have a Dexcom, but he does have the Libra. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, interesting. And I'm sure for him too, you know, he's kind of private about it, but, um, you know, when we're around each other, you know, when he's, I'm giving himself insulin, you know, Preston is still like, you know, watching him and, you know, we try to explain like what he's doing. And, you know, my father-in-law does acknowledge the fact that, you know, like, oh, well, you know, you're on a pump, like that's better. Um, and we've like always like, you know, what would it be to get, you know, him to use a pump, but he's very much a guy that if it's not broken, why fix it? So he does, you know, really well managing his diabetes, um, just, you know, through MDI and on the Libra. Interesting. Does he do well or does he tell you he does well? Like, do you know it's true or does it, is it a thing he says? I have asked him. I don't want to uh, disclose any personal no, information. I have asked him what his A1C is. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, for MDI, it's it's really, you know, it's it's good. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just I'm just interested because I, I'm not trying to get you to tell me somebody else's information. But um, it's just interesting to hear like some people will be like, I'm doing great. Like they come on the podcast sometimes like, oh, I'm doing terrific. And then you start talking you're like, well, well your A1C is almost eight. Like that's like, how did you why did you think that was terrific? doctor told me it was okay and i'm like oh okay it's it could it could be better you know right, here's right. some ways yeah, and, and i know that he's um very strict on like when like he'll eat the same breakfast every morning um he'll eat lunch around the same time but he's very active he coaches high school soccer and uh you know he's still working and he does a lot of yard work you know he he really you know tries to stay in shape and i think you know with all the activity he has run into, you know, I, I've been around him when his sugar is dropping and he like he can sense it. And, you know, he'll go into, you know, our pantry and get like a granola bar or something. Hmm. That's interesting. Must be interesting for you to see that from two different perspectives with your young yeah. son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we had, you know, our baby like diagnosed so young and uh, and then like seeing my, my father in law who uh, was diagnosed, you know, as an adult, you know, it's just, yeah. it just it has been interesting to see the dynamic. So Preston was three when he was diagnosed in 2020? He was 13 months. 13 months. Oh, goodness. He's three now. He's, he's three now. Yeah. 13 months. Is that your first kid? Yeah, he's my second kid. Uh, how old's your uh, oldest? He, he's almost six. He'll be six at the end of April. You probably... Actually, next next week, next Thursday. 13 months. Did you, like, I, I have to, like, take, I'm just going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> Did you like <laughs> yourself? Were you like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, this, this was during COVID. So, um, you know, we were, 
we moved to. So we used to be neighbors. Well, sort of. We we lived in Delaware for over ten years. So both my boys were born in Delaware, mm-hmm. and um, we uh, we moved to West Virginia in November of 2020. And Preston celebrated his uh, first birthday at our new house. And, you know, everything was kind of delayed with uh, vaccinations because of COVID. So I had taken him in like early December um, to get his uh, one year vaccinations. Mm -hmm. But, you know, prior to that, like we were starting to notice, like after he turned one that, you know, he was peeing a lot. You know, we, you know, he wasn't our first kid. So we were just like, oh, well, like size up diapers. Like it's because we took the bottle away and he has a sippy cup. He's just drinking like more water. Um, and so that was kind of the first sign. And then we, you know, he went in for his vaccinations and then, you know, he just, you know, was like, I expected him to be tired. Um, but then like his, he was starting to breathe really heavily. And so, you know, I had to take him into the doctor's office. So like our first thought was like, oh my gosh, does he have COVID? And, you know, the pediatrician's office just advised us to go straight to the emergency room. Um, at the hospital. So we took him there and uh, he was, even though he was drinking so much, um, you know, he was just so dehydrated. It took them a long time just to get like the tiniest bit of blood to do, you know, just a, a regular blood panel. Mm-hmm. And when it came back, uh, his, uh, his blood sugar was like 584. Wow. So, and those, yeah. the breathing was uh, small respirations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. 13 months. That's so small. I know. Uh, it's crazy. I'm yeah. sorry. That must have crushed you. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, when, when you're given that news, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, this is, this is a diagnosis. I was happy for the diagnosis because I didn't know what, what was going on. And again, like, you know, I knew my father-in-law was type one and I was like, well, you know, he's fine, but I didn't realize like all the other things, like I didn't know even that type one was an autoimmune disorder. I didn't know that any of the devices. I thought you could buy Dexcom off of Amazon. <laughs> you know, I, I really didn't know what Anything it meant about for being, his life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. About like that going world. forward. Well, right. So you, like, and then like seeing like the devices, you know, like once we got, cause we're on the Omnipod and, you know, we're on the five now and, you know, he's definitely grown into like the things that are attached to his body. But yeah, like once, you know, like I saw the Dexcom and the pod on his small little body, yeah. you know, that, that was sad. So Arden yeah. Wade, 17 pounds when she was diagnosed and mm-hmm. I, she put two pounds on right away as soon as the insulin came. But so right. she was about 19 pounds at that time. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had this conversation with someone at Omnipod, somebody pretty high up at Omnipod years and years ago. That person's not even there anymore, but I used to write for them. They had a blog and I wrote for their blog mm-hmm. sometimes. And so I think I was speaking in an event and I got pulled aside, like walking through the office to go to something and this person said, hey, I want to thank you. Uh, we used to run around here talking about how small the pod was. And mm-hmm. then we saw a picture of it on Arden. And right. we talked about, like, wow, it's geez, you know, it's not as small as we think it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and then they've made it smaller since then. I'm not saying because of Arden. But, like, it was, mm-hmm. it was a really interesting statement because I remember putting it on her and thinking the same thing. Like, you probably thought was, well, she'll get bigger. Mm-hmm. And you know this won't this won't look as big on her, but right. man, man, back in the day, the first pod she was nineteen pounds. Like, and I don't know how much she weighed by the time she was four when she actually got Omnipod. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's something you look over and you're like, wow, that looks huge. Yeah, you know, yeah, I just remember like putting it on his leg for the first time, and you know, just 
Yeah. Like, that's your whole thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. And, and, yeah. and then you start thinking about sites and like, where am I going to like, like put this thing? Yeah, I have to rotate it. so much real estate. <laughs> yeah. Well, the best advice that I got back then that I still tell people now is uh, you just keep using insulin in a healthy way and eat and those kids grow pretty quickly. So, oh, yeah. No, yeah. he's he's great. He's an active three-year-old. He plays soccer and, you know, he he's living, li- you know, he's loving life. That's excellent. That's really cool. Um, did your father-in-law, like, show up at the hospital? like, Or it was COVID. I guess nobody could come. Yeah. So that was, you know, I got one person. Like, thank goodness, you know, my husband was able to come because I can't imagine, like, mentally being able to, you know, work through everything that we had to go through plus receiving the education. So, but unfortunately like my, you know, we were um, being seen at the children's hospital in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and my sister-in-law, she's actually, she's a doctor and uh, she, she's an emergency medicine doctor. And so it would have been really helpful for her to be there with us. But uh, we were, you know, like if she would have came, then, you know, my husband wouldn't have been able to have been there. We were only allowed to have like one person. Yeah. And you couldn't swap at that time either. No, like, no we couldn't swap. Yeah. You got one and that was it. Yeah. yeah. But luckily, you know, my in-laws are close. And so they were able to come watch our older son. Okay. So we could both be together. Like I ended up riding in the ambulance up to the children's hospital. And then my husband, um, you know, came back to the house to, uh, you know, just get everything ready for him. And then he met me up there. Hmm. So I guess my where I was headed. Not that 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 was interesting, and I appreciate it. But uh, <laughs> did your, <laughs> but I was what I was trying to get to, and I just chose the wrong time. Is like, did your father in law show up like, like a trusted source on this at some point? Was he like, hey, did he come tell you what he knew, or did he not feel like he had that information to share? Oh no, I think he he definitely did. You know, he um was you know gave us a lot of words of encouragement of you know he's going to be fine. You know, you know you're you're you know. Again, like the the diet, I think is a big. You know, I think when my my father in law was diagnosed, it was a lot of diet advice, mm-hmm. and so I think that that's where like he was coming from. But again, like you know, Preston just started eating solid food, so you know, I, I think like you know he was giving us like, oh, he's going to be fine. You know, you know, you don't need to worry so much about this. Um, but I think that the advice that you know he probably could have given would been more on just diet. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, with Preston now, I mean, like we just, we don't, you know, cut carbs or anything like that. We're, you know, definitely letting him eat whatever he wants to eat. We just dose for it. Yeah. That's oh, something. Okay. So, uh, I just want to pick through a little more. Is there other autoimmune in the family? I don't think so. I, I, I and, and again, there might be some thyroid on my husband's side of the family, but again, I've not really asked specifically. I did, you know, what we normally just talk about is, is type one and, you know, definitely my father-in-law having it. Do you think if people who don't have diabetes or autoimmune issues were to listen to this podcast, they'd be like, Oh my God, everybody's sick in the world. <laughs> like they <would> just, <laughs> There are days when I just, I, I hear people listing things off and I'm like, I got to find a different group of people to talk to once in a while. Yeah, like yeah. I'm starting to get the feeling like everyone has autoimmune issues, which is not even right. nearly true. You know? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Since you bring it up, I, I, you know, with myself, like I haven't been diagnosed with celiac disease, but I do have a gluten sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. Yeah. Belly hurts. Yeah, yeah, but I have to definitely watch like not eating too too many complex, you know, wheat products. Interesting. Okay. All right. 
and your husband doesn't have anything. No, no. And we haven't got, you know, he's never been tested um, through trial net and we've not tested our older son. But with a lot of the, um, I guess, delaying onset drugs that are being approved by the FDA, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably a good incentive for us to have our older son tested. Yeah. Well, or do you think you'll do it through trial net maybe? Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's the only one I think I know about. Mm-hmm. Um, T1D detect jdrf i think they charge for it i think charlotte's free and td detect costs something but my my bigger question is do you have an interest or are you scared or is it not something you're worried about i think i'm scared you know like i if i knew that he had a higher chance of uh contracting or i don't know what the the term is not contracting it but just a higher chance because of having the antibody then you know i would you know just feel like every day is the day or you know like you know, he's asking for more water. Is that a sign? Oh, is that your personality that you would think it would feed yeah, a portion of it? You don't, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, Are you like that about other things? Oh, yeah. I'm a very anxious person. Like how anxious? Like a uh, cat in a room full of rocking chairs or like what level? I don't know. On a scale of one to 10, probably a 20. <laughs> do, you th- <laughs> do you have ADHD? I don't think so, but my husband says that I do. <laughs> He's not a doctor. His sister is. Tell him to shut up. Yeah, right? <laughs> don't forget to say that next time. He says, hey, your sister's a doctor, not you. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just asked because ADHD seems to pop up in families with type 1 as well. So Okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. You know, it's funny. I, I finished a recording recently, and at the end, the person apologized to me. And I was like, what, what are you apologizing for? She said, oh, I was all over the place. And mm-hmm. I said, no, you weren't. It's interesting how people see themselves versus how other people oh, yeah. see them. She, you know, this, she was not all over the place. She was not distracted. She didn't jump from thought to thought. She, she, she gave me no indication of that, but it's how she, it made me think of um, when I met my wife, I, I recognized my wife has a really great sense of direction. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned it one day, like we were dating. I was like, you have a really good sense of direction. And she goes, no, I don't. I have a terrible sense of direction. I was like, why do you think that? I was like, you always know where we are. Like, you know, like you you have good context for, you know, direct, like, you know, head north, head south, like, et cetera. She goes, no, I have a really bad sense of direction. Everybody knows that. And it took me a while to figure out that one time when she was like 16, I grew up in Pennsylvania, like where you could drive at 16, like God intended. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and so one time she got on a highway, she got turned around when she was 16. She went the wrong direction and she got, you know lost for a while no you know no phones no nobody had a navigation system like she was she she screwed she she drove a pretty long distance in the wrong direction and then her family like broke her balls about it forever yeah (laughs) and so she grew up thinking i have a bad sense of direction because she got lost one time right and it it was like and it was like a it was like a truth about her Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not true Mm -hmm. and i've always been fascinated by that so yeah Anyway, I don't know why I told well, you. That. I, I tend to get lost um, when I'm driving, especially with the kids in the car. And my my older son, you know, he's very intuitive. He's like, "Mommy, are we lost?" And I said, "You know, my dad would always say, you're not lost until you run out of gas." Goddamn right. Or unless somebody's banging <laughs> on your window and you don't have a gun, you know, <laughs> then you're lost. <laughs> uh, but no, I I agree with that. By the way, like you can't. I. It's funny you say that. I can't be lost in a car because. It just keeps moving. <laughs> like I right. can just go somewhere else. 
exactly. I, I've never understood that. My son won't go anywhere without the nav on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He puts a nav in to go places. I believe he knows where it's at. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, you're never going to know where you are. And he was one of those kids. Like he drove in the car with his head down. Like we could yeah. be two blocks. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to embarrass him, but when he was young, we could be two, three blocks from our house. And I'd say, mm-hmm. Hey, Cole, look up. Where are we? And he'd be like, I have no idea. <laughs> like 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> go ahead. This is where I'm at a disadvantage because my husband used to work like when he first graduated college, he worked for TomTom like before, like, you know, you had maps on your phone. And so like he's a geographer. So like he always knows where he is. And, you know, I just feel like, you know, you went to school for this. I didn't. (laughs) Amber, you married a map dork? I don't know. if he. Well, yes, he is. He tells me all the time he was in math math field day in third grade. Let me tell you about the elevation of where we are right now, Amory. Please don't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> anyway, uh, but Arden's got that like part of me where she's just she'll go out and just drive around, mm-hmm. and like like you know, in two years of having a license in high school, Arden basically checked out our whole town. And like mm-hmm. neighboring places, like she'd be like, "Hey, I got to show you something." We'd be in the car, like around the holidays, and she'd be like, "Hey, do this. I want to show you these Christmas lights." And we drove like I didn't even know where the hell we were anymore. And I was like, "How'd you find this?" She's like, "I was just driving around." And and there were times when my son was bored, and I'd be like, "Yo, if you're bored, man, why don't you get in your you know get in the car and go for a ride?" He'd be like, "Why?" <laughs> I was like, "You know, to check things out." And he'd be like, "No destination, yeah. no getting in a car." I was like, "Oh, right. okay." Isn't it so interesting that like, the two kids can be so different? Like, oh, yeah. We, like, <laughs> the difference is, like, our kids look alike, but they are just so different. We talk, and I think I've heard it on the podcast, like, you know, if there's ever, like, one kid that's going to, you know, have type one, you know, you're happy that the one that has it has it and not the other one. <laughs> like, so many I don't people know. say that, like, the other one definitely couldn't have done this. It's interesting. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, by the way, first of all, I think anybody can do it. But I, I get the idea of like it's easier for a personality to I mean, and and even that's I don't know, kind of bogus. Like, I mean, if you if you said to Arden, hey, do you have an easier time with diabetes because of your personality? She'd be like, Fuck you, I don't want diabetes. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there's no like, there's no like high side. You know, and some people are like they see the high side of type one. You know? Yeah. Arden, I think, would tell you she's more determined and you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think she would also in the next breath tell you, but I'd give that all away not to have it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I just like, you know, Preston's so chill. Like he just kind of takes things in stride, which is just his personality. I mean, he was like that, you know, you know, the first nine months of his life, you know, or, you know, first 12, you know, like, I don't know when he actually, you know, like started to be diabetic, but I mean, like he was always a chill baby. And uh, Morgan is the name of our older son. And, you know, like, right off the bat like he was just always dramatic you know he'll cry for five minutes because his foot fell asleep you know it's just i can't imagine you know having to give him shots and you know go through all this like he uh he definitely wouldn't have uh i don't think handled it in as much stride Amory morgan and preston were you watching like nighttime soap operas when you came up with your (laughs) your kids (laughs) are you hoping they're going to be rich one day (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we lived in Delaware, and uh, Morgan and Preston are both counties in West Virginia. My husband and I are both from West Virginia, so oh, we wanted nice. them to have kind of West Virginia roots living in in Delaware. And so they were. There's 52 counties in West Virginia, and we're we're, we're finished. We're not having any more kids. <laughs> you're not going to go for the other 50. No, no. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. Like you don't. Delaware's Delaware's pretty close to where I live. 
Um, yeah. I'm laughing because my wife went to Delaware. Uh, okay. Uh, in college, University of mm-hmm. Delaware. Yep, from yeah. from my master's degree. Oh, Kelly got her undergrad there, and okay. I I'm laughing because it was far away, but it wasn't. And the way right. I know that is because I used to drive there to have sex. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Friday, yeah, are you, yeah. Friday night after work, people would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting a shower and driving to Delaware. Right. Good luck on 95. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was horrible. I used to ride a yeah. motorcycle back then, too. Mm-hmm. So I was just like in that terrible traffic. But it didn't matter because right. there was, I'm just going to be nice and say <laughs> Kelly was there. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You're going to say something. Oh, no, no, no. I, um, yeah, we, we, you know, we, um, we lived in Wilmington for 10 plus years, but glad to kind of get out of that traffic. It's, you know, we're about an hour west of Pittsburgh now and much calmer. <laughs> mm. You know, did, did work take you that way? Yeah. My husband worked in Philly actually. So he had to take public transportation. You know, he took the train every day and um, he was kind of over that, especially with COVID. So he was able to relocate. Good for him. Mm. I, I think yeah. public transportation is one of those things that when you're young, you're like, I'm going to take the train to work. And then right. <laughs> 10 years later, you're like, I'm going to kill myself if I don't get off yeah. this train. And I, my yeah. my wife's last day commuting on a train. Um, I mean, I've never seen a person like happier. She's yeah. like, I'm never going to get on that train again. It's just. Well, I think it's like perspective, though, because like I drove to work and I had to sit in traffic and it's just like, well, you know, I'd love to be on a train that would just take me like it was door, you know, like he would get on the train and it would drop him off right under his building. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all you can do, all you have to do is sit there. You're not <laughs> stuck in traffic. <laughs> I, well, but I didn't have I didn't have to do it every day. Yeah. To your point, the next 10 years she spent driving in a horrible distance and she was tired of that at some point as well it's right. just this the, the train zombies get off the tra- i used to call them train zombies because they'd all come off and come down the stairs and they they were just in a coma like they're staring right. straight ahead and just slogging forward and you know half asleep uh, all right so right. we've talked about trains and cars but <laughs> no, you no. but you wanted to be on you wanted to talk about traveling internationally right yes that's right that's right so planes let's go all right. So, well, I'll take a step back. So we were getting cold feet. Like this was actually on my husband's side. Um, the, the extended family was planning this trip to Italy mm-hmm. and uh, there were like 17 of us going. Um, my father-in-law is from New York. And so his brother and sister still live there and their kids and our kids' cousins. So um, we were all planning to meet at this um vacation house in Priano, Italy, um, which is about an hour and a half, um, like south of Naples. Okay. So it's a pretty remote, um, area of, of the, of the country. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, we're, you know, like, plus we're traveling with a five-year-old and a two-year-old at the time, like that's already, you know, providing enough anxiety. And then you throw type one on top of it. So, um, you know, we were starting to get cold feet, but again, like my sister-in-law was going, so she's a doctor. So like, you know, that, but we weren't traveling over with her. We were meeting her there, but then just, you know, trying to get everything together. You know, I wanted to have really good, um, travel insurance and, you know, something that would cover pre-existing conditions. Okay. And so we were able to, and like, we got lucky because you really have to, look into companies within like two weeks of booking your flight to be able to get pre-existing conditions covered. 
and we didn't. I think it was maybe a month after. And so uh, fortunately for us, our um, like my husband's cousin is a travel agent and she was able to find a company called Alliance. It's like A-L-L-I-A-N-Z mm-hmm. that um, allowed us to um, add some pre-existing or, you know, travel insurance for pre-existing conditions that would cover Preston's um, type one. Like if anything would happen um, while we were there, you know, we would be covered with getting him to a hospital and the hospital, you know, the closest hospital would be like that hour and a half to Naples. So we would, you know, we needed something with, um, you know, the evacuation. Hey, so you're, you're, this is interesting. I didn't know this existed. So if I have, I don't know, an illness, I can insure myself in case something happens during the trip and it will help me with medical. And I, I, at first when you were saying this, I thought, Oh, this is to get the money back for the ticket or the hotel or something, but it's not that it's, it's, it's something. Yeah. Well, I think it's grouped in. So like the travel insurance plan that we had did cover, you know, trip insurance, Okay. but it's also, you can add on medical and then you can add on medical but if it's a pre-existing condition, like if you're not, you know, getting diagnosed with type one, but something happens while you're over there associated with type one, mm-hmm. then if it's not on there as a pre-existing condition, then it's not covered. I see. Did you, did you use it? No, we didn't have to. Okay. But you know, you I'm, feel... I'm an anxious person, so wow. I wanted to have it. I know we heard 200% your anxiety. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and can you, can we just sidebar for a second? And tell me, did it help your anxiety? Did having the insurance make you feel better? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you been anxious your whole life? Yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Little girl, like my dolls aren't on the bed. It's a problem. Like stuff like that. No, I think it was more like just trust issues probably. <laughs> With animals or people or everything? Just with, like, yeah, probably with people. Like, you know, like if somebody is saying, like, oh, I'm going to do this, you know, for whatever reason, I feel like you're not going to do what you say you're going to do. Oh. And that just makes me anxious. Did your parents. Or, you know, like, I'm going to think, like, the worst. Was that your parent? Did your parents have that style of, like, if you're good, we'll go to McDonald's on Friday. And then on Friday, you're like, I was so good this week. And they're like, we're not going to McDonald's. I just said (laughs) that so you'd act right. It was like, right. the, like yeah, that, that probably happened. I mean, like they weren't, you know, like, like, you Monsters. know, dictators, but yeah, like, <laughs> uh, that, that probably happened. I mean, like, I feel like that's probably an underlying issue. Mm-hmm. So you're not good with carrot on a stick then you don't like, yeah. you don't like to be led to things. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And so that persists now, like you don't think things are going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I don't I'm know sorry. Why. I know. I mean, I'm 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 taking medicine now. Is that whiskey? Is that code for what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Some, some strong margaritas. <laughs> I take medicine in the evening, Scott. It's much better. <laughs> no, but um. So seriously, what do you what do you, do you mind telling me what you're doing? Oh yeah. So I I'm taking oh what's the name Lexapro. Okay. Uh, and, and, and it's a low dose, but I take it at night and uh, that's been helping just take the edge off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I see. Uh, have you tried therapy? Yes. Yeah. So I ended up starting therapy soon after Preston was diagnosed. Yeah. So I think that there was just a lot, you know, we moved, um, I moved away from, you know, essentially a life that we had built in Delaware. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, having to deal with 
you know, Preston's diagnosis, it was just hard. And so that was kind of why I started therapy. And then that led to, you know, being able to get on some medication. Right. Well, I mean, that's what I was kind of getting at was that if you have this feeling that things don't go the way they're supposed to, and then you have a 13 month old baby who gets type one, that's a pretty big indicator that things aren't going the way they're supposed to. I mean, quote unquote, uh, supposed to. And I could see that really feeding your anxiety is why I was Mm -hmm. asking. Yeah. 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 And then the management of diabetes along the way is no different, right? Like you don't, it seems like at first you never get what you expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I hate that because I'm like such a perfectionist. Mm. I don't know what to say. What if you expected things not to go right? Would that help? Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely because what we're you know almost three years into this now, you know, mm-hmm. like I've definitely let you know, like I used to get so upset for every spike, mm-hmm. and uh, now it's just like you know, I know that we're going to get it down. We have the resources to get it down. Right. You know, like he's not going to be high forever. So you know, that's kind of my mantra of you know taming the anxiety. Mm-hmm. But before you know, like when we were first diagnosed, you know, like we were on the classic Omnipod. And so, you know, our basal was, you know, I didn't even understand, you know, like I felt like they didn't give you, you know, I know you talk about it on the podcast all the time, you know, we just didn't understand the settings enough to be able to make the changes, you know, because it was like, you know, I've given him the insulin for this amount of carbs. Why isn't it bringing him down? Yeah. But then like just understanding like, Oh, well, you know, his basal is not right. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. I'm using a correction factor that's wrong by like 50 points. And I just, I pushed the button. I did the thing. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a little like, I don't know, I'm feeling protective of you for some reason. I have no idea why we don't know each other. Uh, But um, the idea that you could be constantly impacted by a thing, not going the way you expect when that's a thing that you're not good with. Um, that just must've been really difficult. That's all. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard, but we're in a good place now. I mean, he's going to a really good daycare. Um, it's like a preschool that you know, we've trained, they've had no experience with uh, type one and we've trained the staff, um, from like, he essentially started right when, um, he got on the pump and had Dexcom. So, um, he was in the toddler, um, one classroom and now he's in preschool and he'll graduate at the end of this year. So that's very cool. It's, Yeah. So we're, you know, going, I guess, back to therapy, you know, before the trip, um, you know, I was going to therapy, you know, I think every week at that point. But I think what really helped, too, and some advice that I could maybe give other people that are thinking about, you know, taking, you know, their kids overseas is to just be on the same page with your spouse, because, you know, my husband and I always we don't always agree on parenting skills when we're in public places. And I knew that we needed to be on the same page when, you know, we were traveling like in the airport or in a different country. And so like we did couples therapy together, you know, right before we went. And I think that really did help. Um, just, you know, because, you know, my husband was like, I didn't know you had anxiety. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't know I had anxiety? I don't know. It was just uh, kind of enlightening for us to be able to talk in front of someone who was who wasn't biased that could like really listen to like both sides of like, you know, how I was feeling like if he was you know, being critical about the way that I was talking to the kids that I would like shut down. And I didn't want to do that, you know, when we were, you know, in a different or unfamiliar place. And, you know, our main focus is to keep these kids alive. Yeah, you know, that can, I can give you a different perspective than yours. If something happens, and I have an opinion, and I, I voice my opinion, and then the other person stops talking, I think, oh, they must have agreed. Right? 
And you're yeah. and that's not what's happening on your side. On your side, you're like, oh God, I don't think that at all, but I can't respond to this, so I'm just gonna shut off. Mm-hmm. And he thinks, I've made a great point once again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know why anybody dates boys, boys or girls. I don't understand that at all. So uh yeah, we're not that introspective. <laughs> I said a thing. Everyone stopped talking. I must have been right. (laughs) Let's move forward with all the confidence in the world. But and so once he figured that out, I mean, Mm -hmm. was he was he like stunned when you're like, I need to go to therapy with you before we go to Italy? Um, I mean, I think a little bit. He's like, really? You want me to go? Like, I thought that you were just working on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so good. Like, I don't know. why. I mean, I can come, but I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably just sit there on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when he hears that, is it is it upsetting to him? Like, because I'd be upset. I'd be like, oh, God, I didn't know that. Like, I wasn't doing that on purpose, so. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he was fine. Um, you know, I, I think it did allow us to become more um, prepared just, you know, with the way that we were talking to each other um, on the trip. Yeah. You know, just a little bit more patient. There's no, I mean, traveling with kids is so horrible. Oh, yeah. It was still stressful. Like, yeah, still super stressful. But, uh, uh, you know, we survived. We're still married. <laughs> no one's hurt. It's fine. There were no injuries. <laughs> I remember coming out of a Disney hotel once when the kids were little. And I was like, these kids are clearly going to get eaten by an alligator. You know, like, I mean, you hear like one story on the news and you're like, this is obviously what's going to happen right now. I'm going to look away. Alligator's going to snatch one of these kids. That's going to be yeah. that. And, you know, we're going through an airport and, you know, you have to go through and do the things the airport requires. And on top of that, not lose track of the children and go through for them. And then there's, I don't know if I want my CGMs to go through the x-ray and like you know I, I, there's insulin in that insulin those are juices we have to take them on the plane you don't yeah. take the juice you can't take the juice don't take the juice and like, like, you know, like that's all happening and then one thing goes wrong and it's like and then you say something that hurts somebody's feelings pretty quickly right right yeah. so what's the what's the answer don't travel you're oh no you're you're saying <laughs> therapy <laughs> yes i immediately went to we should just not go to italy yeah. No, I mean, like we, we seriously did. I mean, I guess like my, you know, I was more worried about, I think the, the type one, um, like being in a foreign country, you know, like just not, a, not, not knowing like what to expect. My husband was, I think just more worried about like taking the kids in general. Like he was like, really like, well, what if they cry on the plane? I'm like, so what? <laughs> like, oh, you know, when have you been on a plane where you haven't heard a kid cry? <laughs> Hey, Marie, explain that to me. What if they cry on a plane? Your answer is, so what? Not, oh, my God, yeah, we'll be letting everyone down and their expectations for the flight will be lost and it'll be our fault. How do you how are you chill about that? I don't know. I mean, I guess like I just, you know, I guess I empathize with other parents a little bit more. I don't know. I didn't expect us to be the only family traveling. I don't know. But yeah, I just I just don't really care what others like think in a sense of things that are out of my control. Like this is why therapy's helping. I can hear myself. Yeah. Cause well, by the way, what is it that's in within your control? Cause I've been alive a long time and I'm not sure that I'm in control of anything. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's funny too, isn't it? When it's his concern, you're like, you're an idiot. And when it's my, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all 
All right, he can't listen to this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no, of course not. And and when it's when it's your concern, you're like, I need deep therapy, medication, and a lot of understanding <laughs> from people right now. And I'm not making yeah. fun of you. Like everyone, everyone feels that way. Like you know, it's there's um a comedian Bill Burr, and he's got this bit where loosely saying he's like he's like I've been married for five years right so far, and what I know for sure is we're always working on me. And <laughs> women only. I bet you women don't even find that funny. They're probably like, no, no. yeah, there's a lot wrong with you. <laughs> and men are like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. My wife will correct me about my behavior. I don't want to sound like too parochial, but she'll correct me about my behavior. And I'm standing there thinking, well, she does the same thing. Like, oh yeah. if I bring this up, like maybe I used to be young. I had like a, uh, I don't know, I was naive. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is interesting. She sees this about me. I'll tell her the thing she does about <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> And she'll be like, this isn't about me. It's about you. And I was like, well, let's make it about you for a second. Yeah. It's called it's it's called deflection. No. My husband says I do it all the time. Yeah, I call it the boobs win, Anne-Marie. That's <laughs> how it seems to me. If I had perky boobs, I know I'd win this argument, but I don't. So I have to take it. And that's how it feels to me. <laughs> I just I always think like, oh, I wish I was the fairer sex. Like, seriously, <laughs> I just because and I don't even know why. I just I have this assumption in my heart that she's winning. Because in the end, I look at her and I go, ah, oh, she's so pretty. You know, like, it's fine. And uh, I like her a lot. And there were other girls I really hated talking to. So I'm just going to let this one do it. <laughs> it's a good thing I am on my headset. My husband has no idea what we're talking about. He just came in the room and was like, tell him I said hi. Yeah, yeah, tell him I said, hey, what's up? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's just, it's interesting that that's, I just found what you said just very interesting. And I don't, and I find it very human. And I don't think it's like, you know, uh, an Anne-Marie thing or something like that. It's just, I, I don't know. You just, you got me with that when you're like, he had a concern. And you're like, that's not a worry. Right. I was like, wait, yeah. you're worried about everything. Know. How are you not worried about I that? I know, I know. Um, yeah. Do you ever take the Lexapro with a little whiskey? I'm just kidding. You're not supposed <laughs> to. Don't do that. Um, okay. So the the trip went all right. What are some of your big takeaways about traveling internationally with the with the kids in general and with diabetes specifically? Yeah. So at the time we were on just like the classic Omnipod, we weren't looping. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we ended up getting on. So we got, so we were gone like for 13, like almost a full two weeks. Uh, we were gone for, nice for 13 days. Yeah. We, so we got back mid July and then we started the Omnipod five in September. Mm -hmm. There was a huge learning curve with looping for the first time, which I know that you've, you know, talked about over the podcast and have, you know, specific episodes about starting the five, but we still struggled. <laughs> and uh, so I think, you know, for, you know, families that are, you know, considering maybe, you know, like thinking like, oh, like, you know, we're going to get on this before we we travel, you know, I suggest like waiting, you know, a few months to really like hone in on the loop settings, or maybe it was just us. I don't know. But like, I would have, like, we were just so accustomed to temp basils and um, extensions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those things just aren't available, you know, with the, the five, yeah. I mean, like on the automated mode. Yeah. Algorithms work differently. That's yeah. Yeah. It, and I don't think you should be starting anything new as you're embarking on a trip. Probably. Um, right. That's it's, that's very good advice. I actually just saw somebody today online, they were new, what were they, a new pump user? 
and they had uh, a pump switch, which, I mean, a lot of people will know when you change a pump site, sometimes you need more insulin in the in the first few hours to kind of get the site going. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, if yeah. you know that, you know that. But if this is your first time switching your pump and your CGM goes out at the same time, that's what I read online. Like this person on a young adult, they, you know, had a pump. First pump change came up at the exact same time CGM was gone for two hours and they, you know, don't think they don't know the next steps, which are now we're going to test every 30 minutes. Right. Like, like that's right. what I would do. I would test every mm-hmm. 30 minutes during the change so you don't lose track of what's happening. But exactly. They didn't yeah. do that and it ruined a day of their life. Now imagine that happens to you when you're in Italy for the first time. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, um, yeah. So, I mean, I was, you know, and, you know, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get the, uh, the five before we left, but in hindsight, you know, I'm really glad that we were just still on the classic pod to, uh, you know, do what we were accustomed mm-hmm. to doing. It would, it just made it a lot easier because we definitely used a lot of extensions just with like the food that's over there. Yeah. How about um, insulin? How did you manage traveling with insulin? How'd you keep it cold? So we brought an ice pack with us um, that we kept in our like carry on bag. And so that helped for like the first, like, you know, 24 hours. And then it, so like we were able to get to the house that we were staying in um, before that ice pack was uh, had thawed out. Mm -hmm. The only issue we had was when we were traveling back from Priano to Naples, because we were flying from Naples to Dublin and uh, the, refrigerator in the Naples hotel was just more like a, um, like a cooler. It wasn't actually a refrigerator. So and like, it didn't have a freezer. So like we couldn't like keep the insulin cold or like, you know, keep our ice and like Naples was so hot. Like, I mean, like this whole time we were there during the summer, like everything was just like, they were going through a drought. There was a heat wave. I mean, it was, it was really, really hot. And so it was a little nerve wracking, but I ended up like it was like really our only option. I, you know, in the hotel bar or restaurant, I asked if we could keep the insulin in their refrigerator and the ice pack in the freezer just so that we were, you know, we would be able to get it in the morning before we left for Dublin. Mm. And the hotel staff was great. Um, you know, they, they labeled everything and they kept it um, there for us. We were able to pick it up in the morning and uh, we were on our way. That's so, smart. um yeah, yeah. Like, like you're like a little travel MacGyver. You were like, I know what to do. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. We don't overdo it really. Like when Arden was first diagnosed, we tried the, um, uh, what was the pouch that you soak in cold water? And it supposes the Frio maybe pouch. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of that. Tried yeah. that. It was wet all the time and I didn't mm-hmm. find that attractive. So um, now we just use, like, I mean, honestly, we just have like a small, thermos kind of thing you know it's mm-hmm. one of those things that you yeah. put ice in and throw it in a fire and three days later there's still ice in it for some reason yeah. like, i don't know how that works exactly and i take insulin and it's funny i want to keep i keep it away from the ice so i i, I take a paper towel and i mm-hmm. roll i roll the insulin vials in the paper towel to give it some insulation and then mm-hmm. i usually like throw a rubber band around them then put them inside of a baggie so they don't get wet and then i pack ice around them and they're fine yeah, yeah, yeah. We had like some type of um, freezer bag that was a zip up that we kept it in, yeah. so it was like insulated plus with the ice pack, and mm-hmm. it did fine. I mean, we didn't have any issues. 
like I was a little nervous leaving the insulin, you know, in the outside bar? of our room. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that was the part I was going to ask is like, did you like just sit in the room all night going the insulin's downstairs in the bar? Oh, I was. Yeah, I was definitely anxious. Yeah, no <laughs> this, this was before I had medication. Because so. I, I would have been nervous about that. I would have been like one of these drunk bartenders is going to like throw it away or something's right, going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Like, what would you do? Yeah. I know. Well, I, you know, when Arden left for college, that was the first time we actually transported all of her insulin. And that was nerve wracking. Because oh, it was yeah. all in one thing. Like, it, every time you stopped in the car, you were like, the insulin's still in that bag right there, right? Like, nobody moved mm-hmm. that bag. That's important, right. you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. You kind of, you have to find a line between losing it and going crazy. Like, and I, I meant losing the insulin and, and going crazy. Like, you can't make right. yourself nuts mm-hmm. about it. And you can't be blasé about it either. So, yeah, right. right, something else. What about... uh? Like pods and CGMs, did you overpack? If so, by how oh, much? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely overpacked. I had a whole like hard case, like little square suitcase that would fit under our seat. I had that just packed full of the supplies. They were all like in like clear plastic bags just in case that they did want to search it going through security. But we had, you know, extra transmitters, extra, you know, we like got extra glucagon. Um, yeah. You know, we probably had like a month full of pods and cgms i i split the stuff when we travel too like if we get on a plane for example yeah i pack some in carry-on enough that if something goes bonkers like we lose our luggage we can live right. for live for a couple days and then mm-hmm. i put the rest in you know in bags that get you know go in the belly of the plane um yeah. i even do that like do you all right here you go i'll test your anxiety <laughs> If, I'm already anxious. If you, if you have to drive somewhere with your family and you need to take two cars, do you split people up and think, well, if one of us dies in a car accident, that's who will be left? Have you ever had that thought? Maybe. Uh, I've thought that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, I've definitely thought, like, you know, on a plane and flying, like, you know, if the plane crashes, like, you know, where, you know, at least I'm with the people that I want to be with. Oh, that's sweet. I find that nice. <laughs> do you do you imagine that you'd have like a meaningful conversation on the way down? Or do you think you'd scream? <laughs> I'd complain the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was so much yeah, there was there was actually a lot of turbulence when we it was windy when we were flying. So we actually had a layover. We flew from Pittsburgh to um Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time our kids had flown. So, you know, there was a lot of turbulence landing in Newark and, um, you know, my five-year-old, like he was loving it. And I'm like trying not to be like scared because like, I didn't want anyone to like, you know, my kids to like see my nervousness on my face, but Mm -hmm. I was like literally like grasping the armrest, like just make this stop. My five-year-old is like, more bumpy. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. That's... I'm like, we're going to die. <laughs> I know I would just, comp- like, the whole way down, I would bitch the whole way. I'd be like, motherfucker, I knew I was getting screwed somehow. <laughs> this is it. You bastard. Yeah. Like, I would I would lose my mind. By the way, very interesting for people who are from the East Coast to notice, you said you flew into New Jersey, into the Newark airport, but it's the Newark airport. Newark, Newark Delaware yeah. is how it's pronounced in Delaware. It's very interesting. I know that because when I was driving out to have sex with my wife, who was then my girlfriend, <laughs> I said Newark and they looked at me like I killed somebody. 
And I was like, oh, how do you guys say it? And they were like, it's Newark. And I was like, all right, I'll remember that while I'm down here. Um, uh, Long, straggly, blonde, middle of town, selling hot dogs, dirty water hot dogs at Delaware. Was she there when you were there? I don't know. No. I don't think so. There was a woman. We had a, oh, yeah, she's... we had a hot dog man, and um, I went to West Virginia University for undergrad. Mm-hmm. We had the best hot dog man. Uh, this woman but, uh, sold great hot dogs in, at the yeah. University of Delaware. Here's my last yeah. University of Delaware question. This is going to be very interesting to you. Can you picture the campus shop? Like, how long ago were you there? I was there from 2010 okay. to 2012 i just i did my master's like i commuted but like i'm familiar with the campus enough like okay. you know i've been to deer park and grottos the pizza not good pizza but the pizza and so um so they were building onto something when my just as my wife was graduating and we went into a shop it was the campus shop and uh to pick something up and the shop was built on an i don't know how to describe this maybe on an angle so it was in a bigger room, like imagine a mall. And then instead mm-hmm. of just walking into a store that, you know, the front of the store is flat, the store was like curved around a corner. So, okay. so there was the kind of a flat edge that went to a center and then it curved around and went the other way. And on the left side of the sign, it said the cam. And then on the other side, it said push shop. And if you came at it from the right, it said push shop. And I like, <laughs> So I pointed it out to somebody and I was like, Hey, did you guys notice that like you, the way you designed the sign, it's, it's a push shop from one side. I was like, you might want to slide the M over like around the curve a little bit. And by even then my wife's like, why do you talk to people? And I was like, I just, I don't know. I'm interested. But months later I came back, they fixed the sign. They fixed it. Damn right. I fixed that sign. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) That's all. I just thought it was, I always think I used to have a friend when we were growing up and he would say, why does every company not have somebody like us in a room when they're making decisions? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so he's like, he's, he's like, someone needs to be looking for the dirty words while everybody else is thinking. And I was like, a hundred percent right. Uh, but I don't know. I've never gotten that job before. Uh, you said early on that you thought talking on the podcast would help you for your job. I'm not asking you where you work, but what kind of work you do. I'm in um, product stewardship and regulatory affairs. Reg affairs. Are you in pharma? No, it's more chemical industry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did learn that some of the uh, parts that we make. So I was acquired by this, um, this company late last year. And so I'm still learning some of the new, like, or I guess like the products that um, uh, this company is making and they actually go into parts of the the Dexcom. So either the sensor or the transmitter, I'm trying to get more information about it, but yeah, it's really interesting that this company is uh, in some way part of uh, the uh, manufacture of the, uh, the Dexcom sensors or transmitters. For a few years, my wife worked somewhere that made insulin and she said it made her feel better to know yeah. that she was doing something mm-hmm. to help people with diabetes. 
And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely have a personal interest. By the way, they traded for you? You just used the strangest word. You were like, they acquired, you mean they acquired your, the yeah. business you worked so for? I'm sure, or yeah, you- I'm sure you've heard of DuPont. I mean, that DuPont's everywhere in, in Delaware. Mm-hmm. Um, so the products that were part of DuPont were acquired, like they were up for sale and we were acquired by a company called Selenese. Okay. See, you said, I, I, I understood what you meant, but you were like, I was acquired. I was like, they got you. Yeah. It felt like they traded for you. They're like, we need Anne Marie. Yeah, right. We're yeah. going to send over two draft picks and a million dollars. You send her our Yeah, way. right. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was lovely. Yeah. It, it's interesting how words are interchangeable, but they mean something to somebody and not anyone else. Right. Um, yeah. I, my example would be, this is uh, can be helpful for all of you. If your kid goes to college, like they like, decide they want to go to, I don't know, pick a college to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. They didn't commit to the college. <laughs> That's a word specific for athletes yeah, <laughs> that, <right. laughs> that regular people have have co-opted. It's very interesting. Um, like, interesting. You know what I mean? Like my son committed to a college to play baseball after working really hard for 15 years to get somebody interested in him to play college baseball. And then he goes to school and he's like, oh, guess what? A girl in my English class committed to Clemson. And I was like, for what? And she goes, oh, she's just going there to take English. And I was like, (laughs) so she's paying Clemson to educate her? And he goes, no, no, no. She committed there. And I was like, (laughs) you should see how much it pisses off, actually. Like like (laughs) athletes, they're like, don't use our word. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, like you got accepted. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sent an application. They said it's okay if you start sending them copious amounts of money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't commit to anything except your own poverty. Right. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Emery, how are you feeling now? Do you feel any less nervous than when we began? A little bit. Seriously, only a little? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, again, like probably relating to you know, the woman you mentioned at the beginning of the call, like, I feel like I've been everywhere. Like, I don't know if I really like have given any useful information. But I direct the conversation, not you. Yeah. So it's not up to you. I, <laughs> I'm the one that like, by the way, there was a moment where I almost shifted gears big time. And I was like, she won't do well with that. So I didn't do it. <laughs> but but I, I have to say, I pride myself on making people comfortable. And I'm upset to hear that you're not as comfortable. By the way, I'm not actually upset. Yeah, no, I definitely am. I guess I, I, you know, I had like this idea of coming on to talk about, you know, international travel with, you know, a small child, because when when we were, you know, before we were going, like I was looking for information and I did listen to the travel episode, but, you know, it was more like geared to, I think, you know, adults or at least, you know, children that may be able to verbalize how they're feeling. And at the time, like my two-year-old, you know, he just, you know, he, he couldn't really do much, you know, on his own. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, that's, you know, kind of where I wanted to come on and, and talk about just preparing for the trip and what helped us to hopefully help some other people if they're considering, you know, taking an international vacation. Well, what did we not say? You went, you, you went to couples counseling so that you would know mm-hmm. how to talk to each other in public, which I thought was like a like, I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. And you got travel insurance that you can, that would help you in case somebody with a pre-existing condition has an issue. Talked about how you moved insulin around, where you packed your stuff on the plane. What did we not talk about? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe just a couple other things. Um, one, definitely diabetes related, related to maybe not so much, but, you know, Preston gets a lot of um, motion sickness that will you know, cause him to throw up. 
Mm-hmm. So I think it just goes, it doesn't really matter if you're traveling internationally or not, but on the Amalfi coast, like the roads are, you know, like I grew up in West Virginia, we have back roads, but these roads on the Amalfi coast are extremely windy, extremely steep. We ended up taking a day trip into this inland town called Brasigliano, where my husband's um, great grandfather used to live and they had like a summer house there. So the whole family like took this tour bus um, inland and, you know, we had a car seat for Preston to sit in and he was like in by the window, but we were like further back on the bus. And I mean, it was, we left at like 8 a.m. and he threw up twice before 9 a.m. on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, definitely, I mean, like we had Dramamine and Zofran, but, um, you know, I had given Zofran just to for the motion sickness, but I didn't give the Dramamine to like prevent the motion sickness, which, you know, definitely knew that I just didn't do it. And okay. so, you know, just reminding, you know, people, if, you know, you struggle with, with car sickness, like definitely bring your Dramamine and Zofran. Okay, good one. What else? Um, the car seat. So, you know, when we were traveling, this is just like my anxiety. Like I wanted to um, have a travel car seat that was lightweight that could fold up. I didn't want to bring like the big clunky you know, car seat that we have in our car. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to trust, you know, a car seat that like, you know, a company would provide because you don't know if they've been in accidents. And so we paid, you know, too much money for this uh for this car seat it's called the Wayby pico but it's like an eight pound like foldable car seat and um i mean honestly like we used it but you know like even if you know there was an accident on these roads and you went off the cliff you know the car seat really wasn't going to help us anyway but it gave me peace of mind just knowing that we had like a really good like travel car seat for him to ride in Mm -hmm. and morgan we got morgan like a travel vest that could like he was big enough to like hook this into like the car seat, you know, like the actual seat and just use the vest to be strapped in. We used to use a thing called a mighty tight, which has been discontinued. Mm-hmm. I th- I think they um I think they used to like they stretch the the seat belts out or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't matter okay. to me because yeah. it was um it was this little device. And you just put the two car, like the seat belts between us. So you put the car seat in, you clicked it over, and then you brought together these two pieces of seat belt, put it in. There was a little ratchet on it. You went eh, 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 like real quick, and it mm-hmm. tightened it right down. And mm-hmm. then you just push another button, and it released it. And it was so cool on yeah. a plane because it was really hard to like get the the seat belt tight enough to actually hold the seat in place. And this right. this thing. There, uh, some people must love them because I'm looking here and, and you know the the reviews are ten years old, but um, at the same time they've been discontinued. But people are still selling them like on eBay and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know why they were discontinued. Um, yeah, but I'm telling you, for me it was amazing because it was like having like a like the way you see like trucks strap down their loads. Like mm-hmm. that, that yeah. kind of tension. Like my kids' mm-hmm. car seats were in my car. They you couldn't move them as like a, a hair. Right. They were just yeah. and so easy to get on off a plane with. Mm-hmm. I don't know if something like that exists nowadays. Yeah, but. I think it. I mean, it's probably like it sounds like the the um the travel vest that we had gotten, which okay. I forget the the brand of it now. And the vest but. itself, like the thing goes right through it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. It. Yeah. It just like somehow like attaches. To the seat. <laughs> My husband did it. 
<laughs> well, listen, what people don't know that don't have kids is while everyone's getting on that plane and they're like, get your ass in your seat so I can get by, <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. you're and you're hanging out in the aisle trying to put a car seat in an airplane. I, I've, I always had two thoughts about it. I was there's part of me that was like, this is for rough air. Mm-hmm. Right, because if like, yeah. I mean, let's all be honest. If the plane crashes, the car seat's not going to matter. Know, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, don't worry. There was a plane crash. Everyone was dead except for the kid in the car seat. <laughs> it's not going to work out like that. But right. but it's for rough air. Like you know, I, mm-hmm. I've seen adults get tossed over seats in airplanes. So yeah. like you know, little kids get bouncing around. That's not what you want. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. So anything else? Yeah, so the um, the meals on the plane, like I didn't realize that you could, because we really hadn't flown a lot since COVID. So you know, I didn't you know think ahead. I guess like you can um, plan it, plan to have like a more kids catered meal on the plane, mm-hmm. but you know I didn't do that. And so you know, and I was really you know I try to always like pre bolus you know Preston, and um, you know I had dosed him you know thirty grams for you know this meal on the plane, and he was like, "I'm not eating this." Um, type thing. So, you know, it's like eight o'clock at night, like I'm getting tired and, you know, I'm really wanting him to go back to sleep because we're going to land in four hours. And so we, uh, you know, just had a lot of like granola bar type snacks on the plane just Mm -hmm. because like, you know, they're more carb heavy and, you know, like it wasn't the most nutritious dinner, but I didn't have to like, you know, deal with a low, like I could just give him like a Z, a Z bar, you Mm -hmm. know, kids granola bar. And that made up for the carbs. Nice. Yeah, we uh, have a lot of. We definitely brought a lot of snacks on planes. Um, yeah. You don't want to get caught somewhere short. I'll tell you that when Arden was first diagnosed, we went out on a uh, glass bottom boat ride mm-hmm. and just did not bring anything with us. No, and it was like the most panicky hour of my life. Yeah. It, yeah. I just we forgot, and she was new, yeah. newly diagnosed. Like everything mm-hmm. we wanted was in the bag back on the beach. And we we're like, oh great. Oh, and, um, so what did you do? Uh, we just pretended like we just kept feeding her like little bits of food that we like like somebody had something and we just gave her up like here eat this bite of this Mm, like we just kind of panicked and asked the people around us like we she wasn't even low it was just Mm -hmm. the idea of like what if she gets low right yeah what are we gonna do we're out on a boat oh yeah so you just like let her eat yeah so you're like here eat this yeah that was kind of like so when we were coming back from that trip to that inland town um preston sensor went out um, when we were on the bus and, you know, I was so worried that, you know, he was going to like throw up again. Like, even though I had given him Dramamine, he did much better on the way home mm. or the way back to the house. But I just let him eat. <laughs> like I had gone into the store and got, you know, like in Europe, you can find ketchup flavored Pringles. <laughs> like I just let him eat them because <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know if he was going to get sick and I couldn't see his number because um, the sensor was out. So I was just like, just eat as many pr- Pringles as you want. <laughs> Have fun. Catch your favorite yeah. Pringles. That's something. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was high when we got back. I mean, like, you know, we changed the sensor. He was high. Or we, you know, checked his, you know, blood yeah. sugar when we got back to the house. And, um, you know, he was high. But, you know, he was fine. We got mm-hmm. him back down. Do you not carry a meter with you? Um, I think we did for the most part. I don't know if we actually did that day. Or maybe I just I don't remember, like, why I wouldn't have just checked him on the bus. Mm-hmm. But maybe I was just like, uh, we'll just, you know check it when we get home he can eat i don't know if he's gonna throw up type of thing did you notice any uh air pressure like extra insulin with air pressure when you were up in the oh, air 
yeah, no, like the, the biggest thing, you know, is just like maneuvering through the airport. Um, I think that when we got on the plane, he was lower just because of all the activity getting on the plane, mm-hmm. but we didn't notice any, any difference, um, with the pod. We What's left everything on, we didn't disconnect anything yeah. and we didn't notice any like drastic changes with air pressure. Yeah. That, what you just said was the second part of what I was going to say, which is like the getting through the airport and mm-hmm. getting to your gate, like can make you low. And just the same right. as getting off the plane after sitting mm-hmm. sitting on a plane, giving yourself insulin, eating, blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden you're off and you're kind of running through the airport. You're right. going to get yeah. your bags and trying to get a car or whatever you're going to do next. And um, that that can make a low too. So Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, you know, it was hard when we were in Italy because like there wasn't um, – I don't know, like we, it was a very remote location and like, you know, there were grocery stores and, you know, you could find some of the things that you're used to finding, you know, in America, but mm-hmm. it was definitely different. And so, and I think like having a toddler, you know, he was just kind of, you know, he loves spaghetti. We didn't really have any issue with like um, lunch or dinner because like, you know, he was, a, he's a big pasta eater, but breakfast was like really hard. And he was like on this kick where he just wanted a banana and so a banana w- would like spike him. But by the time we would get down to the bottom of the hill, like where the beach was, or if we were getting on a boat, you know, we did like a boat day to Capri or getting on a water taxi. It was, you know, like he'd be like, I don't know, over 200 when we would start the trek down the hill. And then when we were, you know, on the boat to Capri, he was like 80 double arrow down. So, you know, it was, it was stressful, you know, like just trying to get, you know, trying to keep up with like the rest of the family and do everything that they were doing. Um, But, you know, just trying to be as, you know, prepared as we could be. Mm -hmm. Did you find that at the end of the day, you didn't need as much insulin if you were eating at the end of the day? Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to really uh, remember. I just, you know, know that we, took advantage of the tent basils a lot, you know, like I would turn, turn it off. Um, you know, if he was ever like, you know, had a lot on board, mm-hmm. you know, I would just turn the basil off. If, uh, if I could see that, like, maybe we didn't get a pre-bolus in, then I, you know, I would turn it up, but, you know, definitely if there was like a lot of activity, it would impact, you know, like we had, um, we found some juice pouches at the grocery store and that's what we would use like overnight, like the, or like the fruit pouches. Mm-hmm. We would use those overnight if he had lows. Yeah. Gum, little gummy candies and packages travel really well, like yeah, fruit snacks yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah, we had, um, I know on the, when we went to Capri on the boat when like, and he was like really tired when we got on, like he was like out of it. And um, like, I think he just wanted to go to sleep. He was tired because it was just so hot and, you know, it was a 20 minute down to the boat, but uh, I had, you know, in our, um, refrigerated pack that we brought i had like some mini m&ms and i just like kept feeding those to him like i was like they'll dissolve in his mouth <laughs> just keep feeding these like little mini m&ms um, yeah. until he came up i think i think we've all done something where we're just like this isn't right but it's just, it's all we have so here they take this eat that put this in your mouth like ugh, just yeah yeah, uh, yeah. all right Good. Keep going i know you have a list what else you got <laughs> i do have a list so the um we also took like you know, goods, like dry goods from, um, we, we checked the bag. Um, so I know that there's like travel credit cards that you can get that allow you to have like more than, you know, one check bag. Mm-hmm. It's like a perk of like getting the travel credit card. So we brought an extra bag full of like, you know, macaroni and cheese and just things that we could, like we knew that he would eat that like we could make at the house. Traveled with a little grocery store with you? 
Yeah. It's a good yeah. idea. It's yeah. kind of like a little grocery store. Well, things that you yeah. knew for sure you would eat is important. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that like helped my anxiety. Did you end up using then, it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we used a lot of the stuff that we had brought. I mean, a lot of like the Annie's mac and cheese that when we brought some pouches, like fruit pouches with us, um, like the yogurt pouches that don't need to be refrigerated. Mm-hmm. And then another hack, I mean, it's just really a travel hack with kids. Like we bought the, these footrests that like blow up pretty like they like align with the seat. I mean, you can make it lower, but they also make the, these ones that are like double the size. So they like line align with your seat. So if you have a small enough kid, you can kind of make a bed next to like next to you. Oh, And so, um, you know, we brought we bought those like. Um, footrest where you know we blew it up and then it was like a flat surface across the length of the seat where mm-hmm. Preston could just lay out and you know he slept really well on the plane and I don't think we had any Dexcom alerts waking anybody up because we took a red eye over yeah um, plus you don't care about other people so it's okay I know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's interesting so this like it's like a an inflatable cube that basically yeah. extends your seat out in front of you. and if you're a little kid that's mm-hmm. enough to lay down yeah, yeah. Nice. What do you do that with it afterwards? Out. Is that in a closet in your house somewhere where you're like, I can't believe we own oh, yeah. these? I don't I don't even know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> out with that expensive car seat that we like hardly ever use. Yeah, your dad your kids would not like would not have liked my dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't grow up like this either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't sleep. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> but um no, one more thing at the house, they offered babysitting. Which, you know, we, you know, we went with some other family, you know, like my husband's cousins like have kids. And so like, you know, we all wanted to like do date night while we were gone and it wasn't going to work, but it it worked for us because like my father-in-law is type one, like he understands how it, how it, how it is. And so like, we like made plans where like, you know, he doesn't have to like entertain the kids. Like he can still like visit with like some of the other, like his brother and sister, Yeah. but there would be somebody there to like entertain the kids. For whatever reason, like he decided, like after, you know, my husband and I left to go to dinner, he decided to leave and like go up with my sister-in-law to like find somewhere to eat. And like, of course, Preston has a low when we're at dinner. And so we're like texting, like, you know, what is going on? (laughs) But like they were close enough where they could like run back and, you know, take care of it. I think that like, you know, they had to like squirt whipped cream in his mouth or something. But um, oh, so your your father-in-law was like, ah, this kid will be all right. And he left. Yeah, he left <laughs> with my sister-in-law, who's the doctor. <laughs> it's a whole. That's another generation. I wish I was from that generation. They don't give yeah, a right. shit about anything. <laughs> they're, just, <laughs> they're just like, it'll be fine or it won't. I'm like, yeah, excellent. Uh, no, but that's in, it, and that's something because it's his feeling about living with diabetes, like, mm. isn't the same. Like, he doesn't think no. about it the same way, and yeah. um, his blood right. sugars probably don't move around as quickly as your sons do, and stuff like yeah. that. So that's really something. How was the trip? Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I mean, I can just summarize saying that, you know, we were nervous, you know, we almost didn't go, but, you know, so glad we did. I mean, it was totally worth it. Um, And that's, you know, kind of what I wanted to hear from somebody in the same, you know, position that we were Mm -hmm. is just, you know, knowing that they could do it and you'll be fine. Um, Definitely don't let, you know, just because, you know, you have a kid that has type one stop you from going. No. Well, I listen, the truth is that somebody whose mind works the way yours does is the right person to talk about this because you, you wouldn't want me to talk about it. Cause I'd be like, I would just don't forget your insulin, your stuff and 
<laughs> have some juice on the plane. You'll be all right. And like, like that's kind of how I would think of it. And I don't know that that's not true, but if, mm-hmm. if you're, concerns are what yours are then how do you quell them enough to go do this thing and 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 you end up bringing up a lot of really interesting stuff in the process stuff that i'm sure some people might pick and choose through what you said and be like oh that sounds really cool um or people will be sad that the mighty type doesn't exist anymore but um (laughs) but i i like i mean you're the right person like to talk about something like this so i really appreciate you said a second ago we were nervous is that true were we nervous or were you nervous yeah, I mean, I again, like, I think, like, I was nervous for different reasons. I was nervous, like, of, like, things going wrong um, in the sense of, like, you know, us having to really use that medical insurance. Like, what if, like, he went into DKA? Um, you know, what would we do? Mm-hmm. Where my husband was, like, more nervous about, like, I don't know, just traveling with kids in general. Um, <laughs> I love the, that pause where I imagined your brain goes, what stupid stuff does he worry about? <laughs> Yeah, he. I don't think he was really worried about the diabetes. I think he was just more worried about like traveling with you little know, kids. We're, we're, yeah, we're taking a little kid that's not even potty trained, and we have a five year old who's terrible at listening. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, a diaper change in, a, in an airplane. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a lot of fun. I know. I can't believe we did it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and you didn't. It doesn't sound like you flew over there first class either, right? No, no. Mm-hmm. So you were. No steerage yeah. and yeah, making yeah. Your and way. The, i mean we did try to like plan it so where like we were getting into what is it newark <laughs> i can't say it newark yeah we, yeah newark it yeah. was uh dinner time so we were able to eat and then they got on the plane and like you know we were just able to like go to sleep but like you know because of the time change you know it's like six hours ahead like really the kids only slept about four hours mm-hmm. and i was really nervous that like you know their whole you know, like they would just be like totally jet lagged um, when they were over there, but they adapted. I mean, kids are pretty resilient. Um, You know, they didn't really have any issue getting back on like a routine with eating or sleeping. Well, long flight, listen, my best advice about a long flight with a kid is to take a red eye Mm -hmm. because you just, they live all day long and they're awake and then you just kind of push them through the airport. Don't let them get too tired and then jam them on the plane. They fall asleep and you're all good. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we broke up the flight on the way home. Instead of um, going straight back to you know, North America, we decided that we would take a few extra days to explore another country since we were over there. So we were looking at like, you know, cities like where we could fly into um, that would kind of cut the trip in half. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to go to Dublin. And that was great. Well, it was much smart. cooler. It was flat. What'd you say? I said that was smart. But then you yeah. described Dublin as flat and that made me laugh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> there were playgrounds. We weren't on a cliff. You know, it was it was great. I mean, like the Amalfi Coast is I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's beautiful, but um it's really not the best place to take little kids. Mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> Yeah, but we didn't plan it. We kind of just went along with the family, but we did plan the Dublin part and it was it was really nice. That's lovely. Good for you. I mean, in the end, like that's like did you have a good time? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Th- then if you yeah. did, then the things you did were perfect. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think can you be like retrospective and honest? Are the things you did that you didn't have to do? Wait, re- repeat that. Are there, in retrospect, are there things that you did, steps you took to travel that in the end just were fruitless? They weren't necessary and they didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I think the um the car seat probably wasn't like something that we needed to invest in. I mean, like it did like help me like with my anxiety, but like, honestly, like we did water taxis more on the Amalfi coast and like, you know, 
we we're not, we didn't bring the car seat on a water taxi. So I don't know. We just didn't use it as much as I thought. Like, I mean, like, and again, like, you know, to get up from the beach area back up to the house on top of the mountain, um, you know, we rode in a golf cart, you know, like, was it the safest? I don't know, but you know, we weren't going to walk up, you know, 20 flights of stairs with a 30 pound kid, you know? So yeah. oh, please. anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, we went to an Island once and we were in a Jeep and, I mean, the, the roads are tre- treacherous is the right word, yeah. you know, yeah. and as you're doing, you're like, I guess we could die here on this island, but let's try not to. And then, <laughs> you know, and here we go. I, I don't know. It's uh, I mean, there's a balance, right? There's a balance mm-hmm. between what's reasonable and makes sense and what's, you know, doable, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So. And I mean, I think like we didn't overpack. I mean, like the, the supplies that we had, like they fit in the suitcase, like we didn't make it like harder. Um, and again, like, I think the, the travel insurance, it's like, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And I just would rather, you know, have it just in case. And so I don't think that that was, and it really, it was affordable. I mean, I think when you have like a little kid that has a pre-existing condition, it's a lot cheaper than like, if you're older for whatever reason. Yeah. Cause old um, people break more. Right. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> well, I, listen, I, as a person who turns down every extended warranty I've ever been like offered in my life. I've never been offered an extended warranty on like a $10,000, you know, airship ride or, you know, I mean, I've had people on this podcast who've had to like emergency flight home from other countries mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like 60 grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So. Yeah. I think our um, medevac, I think it was covering like up to 500 grand. I mean, it was a pretty good policy. Yeah. Um, How much did you pay for it? Do you remember? Um, for the four of us, um, with the one for, with the pre-existing condition, it was only $400. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, and that included like everything, like your trip insurance, your trip interruption. Like if you got sick and couldn't go, mm-hmm. it covered all of that. But I know that we, you know, we got lucky with this particular company because I know that a lot of, um, companies want you to, you know, get the insurance within like two weeks of when you buy your flight. Not of when the trip's actually happening. Not when the trip's actually happening. Yeah, cause, yeah, because yeah, they they think by then you've discovered something is going to go wrong, exactly, and you're trying yeah, to cover right, your ass. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Okay, all right. Well, now that we've gone through your list, do you feel better? I do. Good. Yes. <laughs> no, I I just I knew there was a list there, and my brain doesn't work like yours. So, like in my mind, you went on the vacation. You had a great time. You did some things. It's very cool. But I knew you wanted to get through some stuff. And I, I'm sorry if I didn't get through it faster. No, 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 you did. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I like the lead in. It does kind of calm your nerves a little bit. So and I'm glad that I got to tell Preston's story. Um, yeah, you know, well, I think too. it's, uh, you know, I mean, you hear of, of kids getting, uh, you know, younger kids getting diagnosed now, but, um, you know, 13 months is still, you know, yeah, it puts you in a fairly young. elite category. That's for sure. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's not happening too much. I mean, Arden was two, and it was yeah, that's still young. It's, yeah, yeah, it felt like there's times I hear people's other stories about their younger kids. And I'm like, wow, like we got lucky yeah. compared to that, you know. Oh, well, you know, we're fortunate. I mean, like you know, we I'm so glad that we were able to get Dexcom within a month of. I mean, we didn't get it right when we left the hospital, but it was shortly after. It was just like a hard time when he got diagnosed because it was around Christmas. Like we got home like two days before Christmas, mm-hmm. and so we kind of had to wait for like staffing and everything to be back at the Children's Hospital to get like things rolling with us to you know get the Dexcom and then the pump. But yeah. it was all fairly quick. I mean, we didn't have any issues with like having to advocate. You know, like they wanted us to get on a pump right away. Um, 
we didn't have to really fight for it, which was nice. Like, like our it. endocrinologist is is just really, really good. Yeah, that's a, there's a good children's hospital out there in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have you ever had to lean on your sister-in-law for anything? Um, I mean, she was there for a lot of, like, she's an emergency medicine doctor and she'll kill me when I say that she doesn't have the be- the best bedside manner, <laughs> the best bedside manner. But, um, she, you know, when Preston was, uh, you know, first diagnosed, like I would call her and just cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd be like, he's 400. I can't get him to come down. And she's like, he's going to be fine. <laughs> You know, like, um, but yeah, she, I mean, I think it was comforting knowing that she was going to be on like the, the longer part of the trip, like just in case, like we did need to, you know, arrange Mm -hmm. for any type of medical treatment, like she would be there and, um, you know, she did help us with babysitting, you know, so my husband and I could go out. Nice. That's excellent. Well, I appreciate you very much uh, doing this. Thank you. I it's, yeah, thanks, Scott. It was no. really nice talking with you. Oh, oh, I'm glad. Even if you don't mean that, I appreciate it. No, so. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I mean we. I mean again, like the the value of the podcast has really made our life living with this so much easier. I mean, I don't think you know. Of course, you know when we were diagnosed, we weren't told. You know, well, you know, you can temp basil. You can, you know you know, do extensions for this type of food, you know, like it just wasn't taught in a sense of being really applicable until I started listening to your podcast. Well, I'm glad I've seen you be a big supporter online of the show and I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Yeah. I love the the Facebook page too. And I've uh, recruited a lot of family members to, to follow along. Oh, thank you. I I would love for my father-in-law to, to listen. Um, but, uh, (laughs) he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a great guy. He's just, uh, he's not as tech savvy and, um, but I think that, you know, he would, uh, he would enjoy it if we got him to listen to a podcast. Yeah, you can learn and you can learn anything, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. So, very cool. All right, well, tell your husband I said, uh, hey, and he probably, you know. I will. He I, actually had to leave to go to Preston's uh, school because the sensor went out. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Get a little diabetes yeah. thing in the middle of this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hopefully uh, it'll get back on and uh, he can stay at school this afternoon. Oh, good. All right, well, good luck with that, too. Hold on one second yeah. for me, okay? Okay. Yep. A huge thanks to Anne-Marie for coming on the show and sharing her family's story. And, of course, to Dexcom and Omnipod. Dexcom.com slash juicebox. Go find out about the Dexcom G7 right now. Get started today. There's so much on that website. It's everything you need, frankly, to get started. Speaking of everything you need to get started, Omnipod.com slash juicebox. Thank you, Omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox podcast. Go check out the Omnipod Dash or the Omnipod 5 and use my link. When you use the links, you're helping the show. They're also in the show notes of your podcast player and at juiceboxpodcast.com if you can't remember them. Apple Podcast listeners, please go into your app, go to the show, touch the show, touch the three little dots at the top right. That's the settings. You go to the settings, then you go to automatic downloads and make sure that it's set to download all episodes. A recent upgrade in the iOS system could have changed it so that you are not hearing the podcast. Thank you so much for looking. It only takes a moment and it really helps. And go find that private Facebook group if you haven't, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. You will not regret making a community for yourself, even if you're just a lurker. 